Bumper Welsh Rugby Union podcast this week. Plenty to get through. Anyone would think it's the start of the Six Nations. We'll hear at length how the Welsh Exiles programme has come out of the last two difficult years with players of both the under-20s and senior Wales squads. New rules at the Principality Stadium. New events for the future talent of Wales women. But we'll start with the Wales team selected to kick off the Six Nations in Dublin. Coach Wayne Pivak explained his thinking. Boys have trained well in, the, in these uh, all week and a half and as well as we uh, could expect really. So in a pretty good place going into Saturday's game. I suppose uh, one of the talking points is uh, Josh Adams at 13. But uh, as you, you'd know in the Autumn Series, we'd named him there to play against Fiji. He trained there uh, quite a bit. He's finished games there in the past, and it's just something we're excited to have a look at. And we wouldn't do it unless we thought he could do a job. Uh, he's played there for the Blues, so that's uh, certainly one exciting uh, change there. I think um, Dowie Lake coming off the bench, a debutant. Exciting to see him go. He's been uh, working very, very hard to get over his foot injury and then uh, getting back into the Osprey side. So, look, we think he'll make an impact when he comes on. And, you know, when you go across the team, the rest of it's fairly settled, really in terms of what we had in the in the autumn. So, look, really pleased that we've got back through with a bit of pace, all sort of firing and training. So we're in a reasonably good space, as I said before. So, albeit training, there's still, uh, you know, 15 green shirts to be put in front of us. Just on Josh Adams, are you hoping he'll have the same sort of effect as George North last season when you did that, uh, Wayne? Well, they're different players, but certainly uh, if he has any sort of impact, like George will be very pleased. But... Look, it's a position where you've got to have a lot of pace these days and uh, not only with the ball, but also without the ball. You know, he's strong in the contact area, good defender. So, look, we're, we're excited to see him go and uh, hopefully, you know, the conditions are such that we can move a bit of ball around and get it into his hands uh, in good positions on the park. You're going in as defending champions, Wayne. Mostly defending champions go in as one of the favourites for this tournament. I don't think you regard as the first couple of favourites, certainly with the bookies. Does that suit you? There's an obvious reason for that, you know. A lot of the team that, that won that competition won't be in Dublin, but certainly the guys that are there, you know, we believe will represent us really well. So where we are with the bookies, I think we're probably uh, in the same position this time last year. So everything to gain, nothing to lose, and that's sort of the attitude really, going out there and expressing ourselves. Well, he talked about pace in the back three there. No question about the breakout star last season with Louis Rees Summit going from first cap to a Lions tour with some pretty dazzling tries in between. He says he's getting better as he looks forward to facing Ireland this weekend, a few days after celebrating his 21st birthday with the rest of the squad in camp. It was all right. I mean, I didn't really do much all day, to be honest. Just at dinner time, got a cake for my birthday from the boys, sang me happy birthday. It wasn't a, uh, a usual 21st that you'd probably normally hear about. Let's talk about last year as well. Tries, man of the match performances, the Six Nations title, Alliance Tour. You do realise that not every year is going to be like this, right? No, obviously. It, it will be hard to beat, but at the same time, you know, I don't want the second year syndrome or whatever it's called. So, you know, I've been working hard on my game and I'm really looking forward to the Six Nations. How do you feel after the year you had? I mean, you scored an incredible try last week, which we'll talk about, but how have you maybe changed as a person and player and has it affected you in, in any way? Uh, not really. I'm, I'm the same old person, really. Um, just got a bit more experience under my belt, obviously from last Six Nations and and then going on the Lions tour. So, um, yeah, I'd say I'm just a little bit more experienced and um, nothing has changed too much. 
you've scored some incredible tries. A lot of players have speed, but the word that keeps coming up for you is the way you float across the pitch. I just want to kind of get in your head when you get that ball, especially with that try last week. What do you think? And, and you know, is there any process or is it just instinct at the moment? Something like kick receipt last week was probably instinct. You know, I got to try and break that first line of defence and, and then I can try and, you know, use my, my pace to get around the, the second or the last uh, line of defence. So I'd probably say that's instinct. But, you know, when I get the ball and, and there's someone opposite me, I've got, to try, I've got to try and think of something else, how to get around them or get past them. So that's probably just, you know, the skills I work on in training and stuff like that. What's the add-on for this year without giving too much away? I've probably got faster, which always helps. I mean, I've just got to try and do the basics well and... That's all I've been working on, really, you know, doing the basics well. And then hopefully my, you know, my speed and, and all of that other stuff will take care of itself. How do you measure that within rugby terms? So we got a GPS device on the back of our shirts and that measures everything in, in terms of speed. So, you know, one day, one day I'll be quicker than the other. So I know I'm getting faster. I got a uh, speed performance coach at Gloucester, Dan Tobin, who, you know, we work, we work on it every day. So he's a great person to have and. Um, he's kind of a mentor as well. So, you know, we've been doing loads of drills that will help me. And uh, it's, it's been showing that I've, I've actually been getting quicker, which is always good. Of course, we saw against Ireland last year, you scored a try squeezing over in the corner against Scotland. It was a long range effort. We saw that great try last weekend. Which do you prefer? The ones where you show great athleticism on the line or the ones where you run it in from a long distance out? Uh, I'd probably say a distance one because I can kind of show my speed and my awareness. But I mean, I'll take any try. <laughs> I'll take any try. A faster Louis Rees summit. That really is something to look forward to. Now, of course, Wales under-20s are also in action out in Ireland. Captain Alex Mann took charge last summer and the Cardiff back rowers looking to build on those experiences. I think it was a massive learning curve last year for me especially and all the boys. Like we've mentioned, it was difficult with the circumstances we were in. We'd done the best we could, so it was a massive learning curve, like I said. But coming into this year, two good warm-up games and it's more like a Six Nations this year, so it's exciting for the boys. So preparation's gone better um, and it's a good feeling around the environment. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That whole um, Toulouse-Harlequins period where you're training with the first team, you've got Ellis Jenkins sort of putting his arm around you, genuinely as well as metaphorically, I understand, and just chatting you through stuff, getting a bit of game time. It was bad news for some people. But what did it mean for the likes of yourself? Oh, it was huge. I think uh, those two weeks that we were in the senior environment, especially playing with the likes of Ellis Jenkins, Seb, Thomas, Chadzi, uh, Josh Adams. It's just massive for us younger boys to see how they operate. Um, and especially for me, Ellis was massive. I know I could go and ask him what I needed, what was on my mind. And then it's just to see him around the environment, really, to work as player. So anything I can pick up from him is a bonus. Um, and that's given me confidence going into the Six Nations now. What sort of stuff did he say to you? Say if I needed uh, any tips on Jacqueline or mindset stuff, I would go and ask Ellis and he was more than happy to uh, say what he does. Um, so I thought that was massive for me and especially him being captain for Wales in the last few games. Whatever I can pick up from him going into this for the team now is going to be massive. So I really enjoyed that. Obviously, you'd have been sorry for all the guys stuck in quarantine, but when you heard what was going on and what it might involve, did part of you think, God, this is this is great news. 
yeah, I think all the boys were the same. It was, it was a bit of rumours going on that we were uh, the academy boys were going to play, um, so we didn't know what was happening. So it was just more excitement more than anything. And I think the senior boys allowed us to go and express that. It was a really enjoyable two weeks actually playing against well Europe's best and then England's best. So there was no better teams to play against. But I thought, yeah, when we had our chance, we did everything we could to take it. That was the main thing. So um, it was two weeks I won't forget. The Six Nations period last summer, you're in this bubble. You're getting probably your first taste of, of a professional environment, a day-in, day-out environment. Must have been strange, all the COVID regulations and stuff going in. But did that period as well, those four weeks, give you a taste of what professional rugby life could be like? Yeah, definitely. Well, all I want to do really is speak behalf of all the boys. I think that's what we're here for, be a professional rugby player and do well. So, yeah, those four weeks, it was just how you conduct yourself in the wrong environment, making sure you top up and everything. I think it was easy for some of us to just lay back a bit, go to your rooms, but in order to get better and mentally it was challenging, but I think we got through it. But yeah, that's what we want to do. And if we are lucky enough to go away with um, squads, that's what it's going to be like. So, yeah, it was just a good experience going forward. Certainly was. But one player who's new to the team this year is Ospreys and Aberavon outside half, Daniel Edwards. He told us a bit more about himself. I'm a Carmarthen boy from Talbot. I went to Escola Silveira, well speaking school. Also, I played all my junior rugby in Carmarthen and then played for Swansea Valley District. And I went through the pathways then of playing for Ospreys. Currently coaching Abraham schools just for just to give back to the community and enjoying playing for Abraham. You're not doing too badly this season either. No, um, things are going quite well. You'll be getting rave reviews and uh, learning from Alan Thomas. Yeah, um, brilliant guy. Um, really helpful on the training field um, and especially when it comes to games with his experience. He's quality, quality player and a really nice book as well. And he's come through this same pathway as you have. A World Cup winner, albeit in sevens, but uh, had a hell of a career. Yeah, um, brilliant career. And you can tell, by the way, he's just, he trained, he's, he's a winner. Hopefully, just get some of the achievements he's had in his career. So, looking forward to it. You've probably had a few more games than some of the others. So, I knew you'd be quite regular in the Premiership and the Premiership Cup. Yeah, I've had a few. Um, obviously, you would like to play every game, but it's rugby end, day, you know? Sometimes you're going to start, sometimes you're going to be on a bench. And then, but yeah, I've had some good game time with Abraham. I um, really enjoyed it, especially playing behind a good four pack. And, Good backs to help out uh, with like Will Price and Joe Thomas and Shea Smith. This weekend, this will be your first Welsh cap? Uh, yeah, uh, excited, nervous, but yeah, really looking forward to it. What an achievement. That'll be a special day then. Yeah, um, pretty exciting. But yeah, we're going to have to get a win and that's the um, main focus this weekend, to get a win. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Quite a few players in the 20 squad have come through the Welsh exile system. Coach Byron Hayward explained how important that system is. Very important. There's some really good boys here at players and there's some coming through the 18s programme as well. So um, yeah, yeah, it's always going to be massive to us because you know, obviously we're a small nation and our player pools is no near the size of England, for example. So yeah, getting that programme right is essential to us in Wales to make sure, you know, like we increase that player depth. And um, there's some really good quality players, particularly in Hartby College. There's a lot of good players up there playing. 
yeah, that's positive and we certainly keep an eye on those boys. So let's hear about that in much more detail from National Exiles Officer Gareth Davis. He says it's been a difficult couple of years, so the scheme is coming out of that ready to build on lessons learnt. It's been really challenging, obviously, for lots of different reasons. But from our point of view, I think one of the main concerns has been engaging with the players. Certainly those perhaps who had national age grade potential at Wales 18s or Wales 20s, um, they will have missed out now because likely it is they're too old. So I think it was important during that time to maintain those relationships with the players. Also make sure that they, they understood there was still a credible pathway for them in the Welsh system. You know, bearing in mind they weren't in Wales and they're based outside Wales. Also, we spent a lot of time working with them about their academic plans. So a lot of those players we were dealing with were looking to universities in Wales. So although we weren't able to sort of monitor them game-wise, we weren't really able to assess them as to their playing standard or potential. It was important, really, that we built that relationship with them and made it clear to them that there was still opportunity for them in the pathway here in Wales. So, yeah, very, very challenging times. But you know, hopefully now... We can focus on uh, watching these boys playing and watching them develop as, uh, as there are uh, at the moment in the system. So, yeah, it's been very difficult. For lots of that period, there was no rugby action. So was it just a question of keeping tabs of people you already knew about? Because presumably the, the scouting side of it would have gone out the window or could you still keep track of who had Welsh parentage? That's a good point. There's two prongs to it, really. Whilst there was that lull, perhaps there was an opportunity for us to reflect on the programme, review the programme and perhaps see what areas that could be developed whilst there is no on-field rugby, so to speak. In the meantime, I think from the other side as well, a lot of players, a lot of parents, a lot of agents drew breath, I suppose, really, and reviewed where they were with their players, with their pathway, what opportunities they had. We managed to still continue with that level of dialogue, building up those relationships, having that level of engagement. And just to make sure when the rugby did start again, we were up and running and not just reflecting on historical information from 18 months or so ago. So, yeah, there, there was a lot going on behind the scenes. Surprisingly so, bearing in mind there was no physical rugby to watch or very little rugby to watch. So we were in a good place at the moment with the Exiles programme and uh, we're looking forward to it continuing from strength to strength, really. So just give us a picture of where you are, almost a, a bit of a relaunch going on, is there? Yeah, strategically, we've been very proactive for the last five years or so, really. And whilst the focus is on some senior players who are going to feature with our four main regions and feature in Wayne's long-term succession plan, the age grade programme is really important to us as well. Certainly, that's not something we've ignored. And that's something we've focused on quite heavily in the last year or two. There's already, we can see plenty of evidence of that coming through at the moment with age grade players based outside Wales doing well in our pathway in Wales, and also with players based outside the UK as well, who are Welsh qualified. So the numbers are really high. I think that's what we're keen to emphasise as well, is for the age grade players, there's an opportunity here for players of all standards, regardless of whether they've got ambitions to play at the elite level. There's an opportunity for every one of them. We're very confident in the pathway that we have for them, and with Wayne and with the 20 staff and the 18 staff in relation to their succession planning. And we're looking at the 18s and the 20s sort of back up and running. We'll come on to Wayne's squad. And there are a few success stories for you in there, aren't there? Well, I won't say that for me, but certainly for us of the Exiles programme, and we've just announced the, the 20 squad. What's challenging sometimes for the Exiles programme is the players that are based outside Wales, wherever they are, it's difficult for them to get the right level of exposure. 
there's lots of matches we watch online, lots of matches we watch in person, lots of highlight clips we get sent and circulated from players and parents and agents. But really, seeing them in our own environment, competing with and against the very best age-grade players in Wales is, is difficult. So from the 20s squad that we've just announced now, a lot of those players have been on our radar for a long, long time. So you know, it's particularly pleasing for those who've demonstrated throughout you know, their ambition to explore the Welsh pathway. And a lot of these boys have been with the Exiles programme since they were 13 and 14. And we've been monitoring them closely ever since. And to see them now in the 20s squad is testament to their attitude and their approach to trying to transition from good age grade player into senior rugby. And I'm sure they'll do very, very well. Some of these players have been chased by a lot of people, not just you. So how important is it for the Exiles programme to be getting in at those younger ages and just reminding them of uh, their heritage? Tricky balance, really, because people could justifiably say, well, when they're 14, 15, why are you bothering? You know, those players that have maturated early have more of an impact on games at that age, maybe skill levels neglected to a certain extent. But we've got total confidence in our pathway in Wales. We've got some of the best age grade coaches around, great facilities and resources. And once they come into our environment, it's amazing how quickly they develop and how quickly they uh, progress. So I'm thinking now, reluctant to name names, but not wishing to forget anybody. Look, thinking of the 20 squad that we've just announced, seven or eight from the Exiles programme in there. And from memory, I think four or five have been with us since we were 14. Uh, thinking of um, Adam Williams from the Dragons, who was playing a lot of his club rugby in Herefordshire and Worcestershire at the age of 14. We've been monitoring his progress ever since. Harry Williams, scrum half from Essex. Now linked to the Scarlets, been there since he was about 14, been monitoring his progress closely ever since. Tom Cowan from Wiltshire, he's now at Loughborough University. Tom has a lot of injuries when he was 16, 17, 18, but uh, got a huge amount of potential, so I'm really pleased for Tom. Bryn Bradley from Surrey, been with us again since he was probably 14. His older brother, Gwilym, came to us when he was about 14 as well. And Alex Ashton from Bristol, again, First came to an event with us when he was about 14. So all of these Welsh qualified. Likely it is a parent born in Wales or a grandparent born in Wales to satisfy Regate. So it's particularly pleasing for those boys who were with us for so long. And of course, on top of that, then there are other boys who come into the programme when they leave Wales at 16 or so. Because players like take David Jenkins at Exeter and obviously Christ Junder in the in the main squad. When they move to an English club, do you have connections then with them as well as the players who move the other way from being brought up in England to joining the Dragons, like you say, or the Scarlets or whoever? What's really important to us is that when players leave Wales at 16, usually for academic education reasons, the relationship we have with the regions is really important. So we would have discussions with the regional head coaches or the regional academy managers who would say that X player has um, decided to go outside of Wales for his education and it'd be worth monitoring from there on. So and we do, the, as, do that as a, as a matter of routine. And then once, once they could become of age grade standard or we think of age grade potential, and then uh, we will use them further. Again, it depends on the contractual situations outside of Wales as well, depending on the level of engagement we have. But certainly every Welsh qualified player that leaves Wales for education reasons, so we think of the potential to be a national age grade player or regional senior contracted player, certainly they're well and truly on our radar. There are a few that sort of stand out when you look at the under-20s team sheet, a few that have come through the system that are now attached to Welsh regions. When you see those, those numbers in there, it, it shows the importance of the programme because without those 
that would be a significantly weaker squad that was being selected. And they're not captured at that age, but it's a, it's a big step towards going on to play for Wales if they're good enough. It is. And, th- and this is this is where we start talking about managing the expectations around it as well. A national age grade, Wales 18 is a standard is exceptionally high. Wales 20 is a standard is exceptionally high. And the step up is massive. The difficulty for them is they don't get the level of exposure generally the Welsh-based players are getting. So it's really important that they've got the right attitude to engage with the system. The regional setup we have is is really good for the age grade players, and there's lots of evidence of the exiles players engaging with regions and then absolutely flourishing very, very quickly in that right environment. So, yeah, it, it is a tricky balance, but the standards is very high in our regions at age grade level. So it's very difficult to assess where a player is in comparison with another player who's in Wales constantly. So it's a tricky balance, but certainly it's, it's strategically the exercise programme is really important to our long-term succession planning, that's without a doubt. And then you see those players coming through into the national squad. Just give us examples of uh, the players that have come through and are now in the Wales squad. But certainly when you're looking at World Cup cycles, and I think off the top of my head, something like Johnny Williams down at the Scarlets. Again, Johnny first came to an Exiles event as a 13 or 14-year-old who was living with his family in Reading in Berkshire, monitoring his progress ever since. And when the time was right for him, moved to the Scarlets and uh, features in the senior squad. Boys like Callum Sheedy and Lloyd when they left Wales at 16. Again, they came into our programme. And now we've got Yon's younger brother, Jack, again left Wales at 16, came into the Exiles programme, monitoring their progress ever since and just trying to make sure that we get the right opportunity for them when the time's right, as I say. Because people are genuinely worried about the attraction of going over, getting a scholarship to a top school and England stealing away some of the best talent that way. So you're a buffer against that. We're talking about the Lloyd brothers going to Bristol and things like that at 16. I wouldn't say we're uncomfortable with that, I think, because certainly in the exercise programme, we've we've put an unhealthy amount of focus on education and the academic opportunities, hence our really strong links with the um, some sixth form colleges in Wales, such as Llandovery College, Brecon, Monmouth School and um, St David's College now up in North Wales as well. The university pathway is really important to us. We look at Cardiff Met, Cardiff and Swans University all playing in the Bucks Elite Super Rugby Programme. Standards exceptionally high. So we've got total confidence in the, in the system that we've got here. So when players leave for educational reasons, we understand that entirely. Sometimes there's a life-changing opportunity for these young men and we will certainly wouldn't stand in their way. So then it's a case of monitoring them, engaging with them and just making sure that they know that they're still on the radar if we think they've got significant potential. They could fall into the exercise programme unless they're still engaging with the regions, even though they've gone elsewhere. So no, we're not uncomfortable with the number of the players that are going. Certainly, we understand why they would want to, but certainly we make it clear to them that uh, they're still on our radar. And we're focusing a lot on players in England, but it's not just players in England, is it? Oh, no, absolutely not. No, it's um, contact with Welsh qualified players all over the world. And again, and I've just come off a call from South Africa this morning, one or two players there of significant interest to us, Welsh qualified. But again, it's how are we going to get them into the system? How are we going to get them into our pathway here? And how can we maximise their potential? And it's girls as well as boys, the Exiles programme? It is, yeah. No, it's an area we've had difficulty getting a, a girls' women's programme up and running. But now that the Lisa Burgess's appointment, there's a lot more structure in place for the girls and the women that are based outside Wales. So certainly that's something that we're going to reap benefits from in the future. Certainly we're looking to uh, invite a lot of the Welsh girls 
down into Wales for camps and engage with the regions and so on. So the programme that Lisa will have in place now will be absolutely top end and there'd be no reason why girls based outside Wales aren't uh, of interest to Ewan and his staff very soon. Really early days, but has there been an impact from the announcement about the Welsh players going professional as well on that? Yeah, that is a good point. The difficulty we've got at the moment, we haven't quite perhaps got that level of opportunity in Wales just at the moment yet at club side. But certainly that's the vision for the future, I'm sure. But certainly for the age-grade girls, we've had a lot of interest in recent weeks from Welsh qualified age-grade girls based outside Wales who are looking for opportunities in, in Wales. And again, when they're looking at the university options, we'll certainly be inviting them to look at the Welsh universities where they can combine their academic progress and their rugby development in the in the Welsh Women's Programme. That's a really important part of what we're doing moving forward, certainly. To sum up, really, after what's been a difficult couple of years for everyone, and obviously a difficult couple of years for the XR system, where are you now and, and where do you think it's going in the future? I think certainly now since the uh, Regulation 8 eligibility moved from three to five years, I think it's a huge factor for us, as it will be for a lot of other countries as well. Uh, so the chances of us sort of investing in a player who's not Welsh qualified, bringing him over here and then contracting him for five years or regions on the off chance that five years afterwards he'll be Welsh qualified on residency basis and he'll be senior international standard. I'm not sure many countries will be doing that. So consequently, go back to Regulation 8, I player born in Wales, player having one parent born in Wales, player having one grandparent born in Wales remains massively important to us. There are so many players, and we've got well over a 1,000. I think it's about 1,500, 1,600 age-grade players in the system, of the, in, the, in the boys' age-grade system at the moment. Rather than dragging them all over the bridge into, into Wales for events, we've got a series of camps coming up uh, later this month where we will invite players from the Midlands and the North to come to a one-day camp in Leicestershire. Players based in the south and southeast, they'll come to a one-day camp and assessment day in London. And then for players based in the south and the southwest, they come to a one-day camp and assessment day in, in Bristol. That's all about, about engagement with players and parents, about the pathway opportunities that are available to them in Wales. That's a really important part of what we do, engaging with age-grade players, regardless of their standard and regardless of their potential. Because the broader the base of the pyramid, the higher the yeah. When parents contact me or a player contacts me or an agent contacts me and says, my son or I'm Welsh qualified or my client's Welsh qualified, are there any opportunities for him in Wales? The answer is absolutely yes, every time. The answer is yes. I mean, what pathway that is, what level that is on how we can create a pathway to maximise that player's opportunity will vary significantly. As I said, we've got total confidence in our pathways in Wales and we've got to make the most of every resource we have. And that includes the Exiles programme. And any Welsh qualified players based outside Wales are welcome to register with the WIU Exiles programme at www.wiu.wales forward slash exiles. Further details on the website. Some of those girls mentioned coming into the game could feed into the new age grade regional system. Among those coaching the Dragons under 18s is experienced Wales prop Keris Hale. Liz Jones caught up with her and they started by explaining the role. So I'm Karis Hale and I'm the forwards coach at the Dragons under-18s girls team. How has that come about and how is it all going? How are you fitting that in with your training, etc.? 
So as soon as I realised it was going to be regional age grade, I texted Lisa Burgess straight away and asked if I could get involved with the Dragons because it's something I'm quite passionate about, um, you know, having an impact on the next generation of players. Um, so fortunately there was room for me here. Um, I've been down coaching men since this side of Christmas and it's been a real good opportunity for me to develop personally but also for me to link in with the regional programme and really see the um, new talent that's coming through. It's been fantastic been benefit to you as well as the girls oh yeah definitely it's, it has really benefited me because I can feel myself growing as a person as well as a player and actually it, it, it's quite motivating to be down here as well you know I could see these girls aspiring to play for Wales I, I had an experience a couple of weeks ago I asked one of the girls what they wanted to do when they grew up and they say they wanted to be a rugby player and obviously now it's a possibility for us and yeah it's really quite humbling to be in this environment as well and makes me just want to work harder for what I'm doing to keep making a good impression on them and you're able to fit that in with your work and your playing training commitments yeah it's been a busy period but definitely rewarding i'm coaching here two evenings a week which work around my playing commitments at gloucester and then obviously and with the benefit of the part-time entertainer i'm able to train with wales in the day so yeah it's, it's balanced out quite nicely good setup you've got here as from an boys regional age grade training alongside the girls it's been a great setup here at the dragons we've really tried to mirror what the boys under 18s are doing as well so we share half the pitch for the unit session then we have access to the gym while they're doing their team session and we've been putting on learning sessions for the girls as well be that around nutrition analysis or you know the menstrual cycle we've just been trying to really educate them as athletes as well what are your expectations of the first round of games on Sunday? I think it's going to be interesting on Sunday. We want to be competitive, obviously, but more than that, we just want to see that the girls have improved over this time. It was a big mission of ours, really, from what we put out at the start, that so long as every player leaves our programme a better player, then it's been a success. So although we want to be competitive on the weekend, our big focus is on those individual players improving their skills. Three rounds all together, and have you got some players in your squad that you could see in the international group? We've definitely got players in the Dragon squad that can go on to um, represent internationally in that under-18s tournament. And I've got no doubt that a large number of them will put their hands up this weekend, next weekend and the following weekend. So I'm really excited to see them go. And there's still more. Changes in the match day experience at the Principality Stadium this season. Stadium manager Mark Williams explained it all. We've done a full review after the autumn series. We looked at all the uh, data that we had, the analysis from the customer surveys, the stewards' reports, interventions, ejections, and we realised that you know the behavioural issues were creeping into the wrong direction ever so slightly. So we've decided to be proactive and intervene now by imposing um, three different measures immediately uh, for the Six Nations matches. The first one is um, retraining and re-education of both um, our stewards and our retail and hospitality staff in terms of the uh, sale of alcohol, how to deal with uh, uh, behavioural issues early and efficiently, and to stop people who are drunk or are the limit of being drunk coming into the stadium on a match day. The second measure was to start introducing lower alcohol content lager into the stadium as our core product. Currently got Heineken, which is a 5%. We're now phasing that out over the Six Nations and bringing in Amstel, which is a uh, 4% lager. So that reduction in ABV of 25% should have an impact on uh, behavioural issues as well. And the last measure, which is probably the major one, is the, um, the closure of all bars and retail outlets at uh, kick-off for the second half. There are a few well-publicised incidents in the November internationals. 
which can't have been comfortable reading for you, but overall, is this a problem that's getting worse or is this a problem that's not too different to how it's always been? Um, we've always had slight issues um, and I think these autumn internationals, particularly from the customer survey and the reports from ejections and interventions, they were slightly up and I think the overall feeling from the customer survey was that people's behaviour wasn't to the standard expected and certainly nothing that we'd accept uh, in the stadium. So yeah, the arrow is moving in the wrong direction ever so slightly but we want to stop it before it gets any worse. Explain the customer survey, because everyone has their own experiences, everyone has their own opinions. The customer survey is a bit more forensic customer than that. customer survey is from our marketing team. Um, they send it out asking everyone who's bought a ticket how their experience was, what the queuing was like, what the behavioural issues were like, how efficiently stewards dealt with issues, so on and so forth. So uh, we collate all that data and have a look at it, and um, that gives us a good sort of finger in the air of where we are in terms of spectator experience. This is a trial. Just explain what happens at the end and and what are the chances of it being permanent? The closing of the bars is a trial for the Six Nations matches. The other measures will be implemented throughout all WIU international matches now. Yeah, so we look at the um, the data from spectators, steward reports, control room reports and all other data we've got available at the end of the Six Nations match, do a full match day review and have a look if we need to make any tweaks by going more onerous or perhaps less onerous on the restrictions that we've put in place. Three games, three different kickoff games, one of them on a Friday night. You'll get quite different results from the three of them, will you? Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, um, Friday night game's always been a challenge. It's a late kickoff, comes with other issues as well, transport. People have been out for quite a while. So, yeah, it will be different. So, we'll have to sort of uh, measure that in terms of the other two matches, which are 215, which should be fairly straightforward, but we'll see how it goes. But overall, for most people, this won't make a massive difference to the Principality Stadium experience, will it? I don't think so. I mean, you know, the behavioural issues are with a small minority, a very small minority of people that are in here, but it does impact on the the wider enjoyment of other spectators. So uh, these measures shouldn't impact the enjoyable day that the majority of spectators come to the stadium. So the longest Welsh Rugby Union podcast we've ever done. There was so much to get through. Plenty more next week, so keep listening. But until then... Goodbye and fingers crossed for some good results in Ireland this weekend.